Thank you. Wow. We can almost, almost go home, right? Because God has already been moving in our midst, right? You've got what you wanted, but no, there's so much more, right? There's more, right? We want the more, yes? So God is doing something amongst us. Can you feel it? Nothing can stay hidden from God. God is shining his light, exposing darkness. God is speaking to us and God is wanting us to be set free. Everything that's held us for years, God wants to break off. He wants to cut off. He doesn't want those things to hold us any longer in Jesus' name. And I don't know about you guys, I am sick and tired of being held back. I want to do all that God wants me to do. I want to be free. I want to be the woman that he's called me to be. Yeah? Amen. So everything that can be shaken is being shaken, right? Not only the world system, but every man, every woman, every church, every saint, every believer is being shaken. It's the longest shaking I've ever been in. <laughs> I feel like I'm just shaking, you know, it's the longest shaking. But it's God trying to get our attention. Is he trying to get our attention? You know, in the Old Testament, the shaking of the Lord usually meant something was about to happen. <laughs> something was about to be loosed upon the nation. And God says in Hebrews 12, 26, he says, Yet once again I will shake not only the earth, but also the heaven. Only the things that will remain will be the things of God. God is shaking off, cutting off everything that is not from him. The hurts, the insecurity, right? The, the rejection, God is shaking it all off. So ultimately, the shaking is the removal of whatever is imperfect or sinful. So God is trying to take off us everything that's imperfect. <laughs> Have any of us got anything imperfect on our lives right now? <laughs> or is everybody right? Am I in the wrong house? <laughs> you know, you walk with God and God does just, he never stops. Like, you think 20 years with God, surely God, there can't be anything left, right? <laughs> but you know, just then, just like that, like this morning, the, the thing of pride came up. Have you got pride in your life? And I was like, wow, wow. Okay, God, like God is in our face right now, right? God is in our face. God means business in this hour. He wants to do business with you. So he wants to cut off anything that would hold you back. So the shaking is like the shofar is sounding. It's like the alarm is blowing. It's like the watchman on the wall and warning and calling out to awaken, awaken, to, the, to repent, to hear, to hear the word of God. You know, we've had Pastor John say, are you awake yet? <laughs> it's like God is saying, are you awake yet? Are you hearing what I'm saying? The same word has been coming forth. It's been coming forth, but are we hearing the word of God? Are we taking notice of what God is saying? Are we heeding the word of God? To heed means you hear the word, you grab it, you act on it, you start to walk in it, you believe it. You don't just hear the word and let it go in one ear and out the other. If you have that problem, put one finger in your ear. And when I speak tonight, do not allow the word to go out, right? Because I, I worked hard for this word, right? <laughs> it takes a lot of sweat, a lot of time to get the word of God together. But see, God wants us to hear his word, 
and not just hear it, but to apply it to our lives. Yes? <laughs> so I always come to stir. I'm sorry. I don't come to tickle your ears. I come to stir you and to challenge you, right? I come to stir you on in the things of God. So I feel like God is saying we cannot stay here any longer. He's saying you have stayed in that, that place, in that hurt, in that offence, in that unforgiveness long enough. He's saying it's time to move forward. It's time to let that thing go once and for all. Luke 9 verse 62 says, No one, having put his hands to the plough, looks back. Putting your hands to the plough means you are undertaking a new business. In this case, you're putting your hands to the plough means that you have decided that you are going to commit your life to God and you're going to follow him. Yes? So Jesus lived in a time when they were all farmers, like, yeah? And so when he spoke this word to them, they understood what he said. For a ploughman to be successful in his work, he must concentrate on the job at hand, on the job he started, and he knows the only way to go is forward. Because he's, you know what a plough is? Do you know what a plough is? Do I have to describe it? It's like, <laughs> it's like one of those things that digs up the ground. It's usually bulls pulling the thing and it's digging up the ground, you know, behind the, the bulls. Yeah? Do you, know, do you understand? Yeah? And so if, <laughs> if the ploughman didn't concentrate on what he was doing and started looking behind him, these bulls would go all over the place and the lines would be all crooked and then what the man was, the, the channels that he was digging were not going to be straight so what, whatever he sowed, it would cause his harvest not to be full harvest. It would stop his harvest. So God is saying, once you've put your hands to the plough, stop looking back. Stop saying it's because of what happened to me. Stop saying it's because of what they did. Start to look forward. Keep your hands on it. You're in the business of God now, and God is going to take you through and give you great harvest as you walk through in Jesus' name. Yes? So this shaking has caused some people to be discouraged. <laughs> some people are even like almost in hiding because God has not stopped being in our face, right? But I want to say to you, don't get discouraged. Don't pull away. Allow God to do the shaking. Allow God to cut off everything that would hinder you. So could God have orchestrated this COVID virus <laughs> to bring about his plans? Come on, his purposes. Could God have orchestrated this? Could he be trying to get our attention? I mean, God is still on the throne, right? He is in control, right? And nothing happens unless he allows it to happen. So did God allow this to happen? Did he allow it to happen maybe to cause us to wake up? Because through this shaking, through this COVID, many people have come back to God. Churches have fallen on their knees and began to repent. Yes? And churches have been praying like never before. And I sort of think, does God have to do this sort of thing to make us to get on our knees and pray and make us get in that place and repent? Does God really have to go to such great heights to make us do this? And I think, wow, obviously he does. But through this, nations are gathering together and repenting for the sins, not only of their own sins, but the sins of the nation. 
And we've been on our knees crying out to God for, the, for our nation because we want to see our nation turn back to God. And God is hearing our cries. So this is one time when we need to start dying to ourselves. We need to die daily to ourselves, right? And dying hurts, right? Putting the flesh down hurts. But every trial you go through is to cause change, is to show you your weakness and your flaws. And every trial you go through is to cause you to have transformation in your life. Wow. Every trial you're going through is to cause transformation in your life. And offense is the biggest of these that the enemy uses to snare us. You know, in the olden days, or maybe even still today, they put out traps, you know, to catch animals. And they put a bait on it, something smelly, because animals like smelly meat, right? And they would put this on the trap. And, and when the animal gets into it, he gets caught. Well, it's like the devil puts out snares. And when we get offended, when we get hurt, when we have unforgiveness in our heart, we get snared in his trap. And so in Genesis, it says when um, Cain and Abel brought their sacrifices to God and God accepted Abel's sacrifice but didn't accept Cain's. Is that right? Yes, Cain. <laughs> Cain was so upset. He was hurt that God didn't accept his offering. And then God came to him and said, Cain, why is your countenance down? Why are you upset? Sin, you know, if you do well, you will be forgiven, but sin is crouching at your door. And if you don't do well, sin will snare you. Satan is sitting at your door ready to snare you. And so when we take offense, it's like we've been snared by the enemy. It's like we've been caught in his trap. And it's like we are held in captivity. So I feel like God is trying to make us aware of what's going on. And that's why God is saying to us that we are not to allow the enemy to snare us and to take us captive and that we need to forgive quickly those who offend us so we can move forward. And so like Pastor John already said, you know, do you feel like you're going round and round the mountain over and over again? And a lot of times we do feel like we're going round and round the mountains over and over again. And I've been around the mountain. I've been that way before and I said, God, I don't want to go that way again. Right? I've been that way before, God. And, and, and sometimes I feel like I've gone around and around and around and around. And I sort of feel like, God, why? Why am I going round and round and round and round and round the mountain again and again? Why is the same thing happening in my life over and over and over again? And I feel like the Lord said... It could be because I'm not learning the lesson that I'm supposed to learn when I'm going through that storm. Yeah? <laughs> God is right in my face, right? He doesn't butter it up, right? He's very direct. You know, but it could be that I'm not learning. And see, when I go round and round the mountain, when I'm offended, when I'm hurt, I'm always blaming the other people, right? Right? And I remember, like, even trying to get into ministry, it was so hard. And I would blame everybody else because I wasn't getting any further. I would blame my kids. It was their fault that I wasn't getting any further in, in God, right? And so then the kids got sorted out. And then it was Steve, right? Okay, it was Steve's fault that I wasn't getting any further in God, right? And then he got sorted out. And then it was the pastor's fault 
that I wasn't getting any further in life, right? But uh, he got himself right, okay, he was all right. And then I said, okay, God. So I thought, okay, who's left, God? It's only me and God that's left, right? And so I would blame everybody for, for my not getting any further. I would blame everybody for, for me not succeeding. I would blame everybody for everything that happened in my life. Like even once, I, I know I was praying for Steve on the couch because I thought, God, how can he just lay on the couch all the time and watch TV? And why, why is it, why is it, God, that I'm always on my knees, that I'm always praying, that I'm always interceding? And it's like God said, look at your hand at the minute. Like, because I'm pointing, why is he always on the couch? And God said, look, how many fingers are pointing at you? And I said, oh, three. He said, well, it's not Steve's fault. It's your fault. You're the Christian. You're the one who should be going on in me, right? So, so I thought, okay, I'm not going to God anymore about anybody in the church <laughs> because all the time when I do, there's all these fingers pointing back at me. And see, God is changing me. It doesn't matter what other people do to you, but God is looking at your heart, right? What's in your heart? How are you responding? How are you reacting? You don't have to worry about the person who hurt you. You don't have to worry about the person who offended you. You have to worry about you. It's you and God, and God is trying to change you that when things happen, you will no longer be offended. You will no longer pull back. You will no longer sit there and have pity parties, right? <laughs> right? Whoa, that's not on my notes, right? But that's for somebody here. <laughs> but, but it's true, isn't it? We blame everybody and we use every excuse rather than look at ourselves and say, okay, God, what is it in me? I, I must admit, I did say, God, what's in me that's stopping me from moving forward? And it's me learning to forgive people. It's me learning quickly to forgive people and to love people and to see them as Christ sees them. Because God sees every one of you, every one of you, as these overcomers, as these amazing men and women of God that he wants to work through and that he wants to use. None of you are a waste of space. None of you are an accident. He has a plan and a purpose for you. So storms are sent to change us. <laughs> storms are sent to change you, to grow you, to transform you. Not just annoy you, <laughs> but to change you, right? So because there, there is a work for us to do, God needs to change us to get us ready for this great big harvest that's going to be coming in. And, and so as I read about Elijah, I see that God raised up Elijah in a time of darkness. In a time of drought, the word of God was being removed from the land. It was being compromised. And King Ahab and his wife Jezebel were leading the people away from God, away from his ways. They were sacrificing babies to Baal. And they were killing the prophets of God, silencing the prophets. They were coming against God's laws and God's ways. And so God brought in Elijah. But I want to say, isn't that what we are facing today? Isn't that the darkness that we're facing today? Are they not trying to silence the church? Are they not trying to silence the word of God? Are they not changing the laws of God and turning everything around? And so in the darkness, God will raise up Elijah's. God will raise up mighty men and women who will not be afraid, who will go and do what he calls them to do. And this is why he's purifying us. And this is why he's changing us. This is the hour for the sons of God to arise. Let the fire of God begin to purify you. 
Let the fire of God burn off the pride. Let the fire of God burn off offense. Let the fire of God remove that unforgiveness that you have in your heart. You know, I was ministering to this lady the other day and she was telling me that she had this unforgiveness in her heart for 20 years. 20 years and when we prayed for that thing to go it didn't want to go it was hanging on it was so deep and all these roots of bitterness but as we prayed and we prayed finally this thing came out and she was so set free in Jesus name you know we need to forgive those who have hurt us we need to forgive our parents some of us are walking around with a fence like which happened to us, I'm not being mean or anything, but which happened to us when we were little kids and now we're like 40, 50, 60 and we're still holding on to these offense. We're still holding on to unforgiveness. But God wants us to let it go. Forgive them. Forgive them and let it go because as soon as you forgive them, as soon as you let it go, you'll be set free in Jesus' name. So I believe the Lord is raising up an Elijah generation and releasing the anointing of Elijah on those who will not compromise or cower or pull back, on those who are willing to change and move forward with him. So Elijah's first assignment was to confront the king, to tell him there will be no rain until he says so. And straight after that, Elijah was told by God to go and run and hide to go to a secret place where no one could find him. And during that three years while Elijah sat with God, God started to, to change him. God started to cause him to believe God, to trust God for every single thing. God started to do a work in him. And I, I believe after those three years, after the intense time of training, the day of the Lord came upon him and the Lord said to him, Elijah, it's time, you are ready you are strong now. You know me now. You know I'll protect you. You've learned to obey me. You've learned to trust me. And you've allowed me to lead you and change you. Now go and show yourself to the king. Even though they're looking for you and they want to kill you, go now and show yourself to the king. God had put something inside of Elijah that could not be shaken. And he walked with authority. He knew who God was and he knew who, who he was in God. And I believe that's what God is trying to do with us. We have got to know who God is. We, we've got to know that we know that we know without a doubt that God is with us and God will never leave us and God will never abandon us and that God will do what he says he would do. So Elijah went to the king and showed himself. And, and here's Elijah telling the king what to do. He says, I want you to bring all the nation and all Baal prophets to the Mount Carmel. And I, I want us to have a, a showdown. I want us to see who is God, the God of Baal that you all worship or the God of all gods, the creator of the universe. And you all know the story, right? You all know the story. And so they cried out to their God for hours. They believed Baal was real. They cried out for hours and they cut themselves. They did everything, but nothing happened. Then Elijah comes and Elijah mocks him. And he says, cry louder. Maybe your God is sleeping. Cry louder. Maybe your God is, is gone on a holiday. Cry louder. And then Elijah says, your time's up, man. Now it's my turn. And Elijah calls out to God. And the God who answers by fire, that was the God. And so God sent down fire. And when the nations saw it, they fell down and they cried out, 
God, he is God. God, he is God. God used Elijah to demonstrate the power of God to bring a nation back to him. God wants to use each one of us to demonstrate the power of God to bring a nation back to God. You know the story of the ten virgins? Five um, had oil and five did not have oil. I believe the five who didn't have oil were the ones who had offence in their heart, were the ones with unforgiveness in their heart, and because of all the hurt and offence and unforgiveness in their heart, the oil of God couldn't penetrate. I believe it was a blockage. It stopped them from receiving. It's time for us to allow this oil of God, the Spirit of God to pour into us and to wash out every hurt, every rejection, every insecurity, every offence, every unforgiveness, so we can be those mighty men and women of God. So everything you have been through and everything you're going to go through is to transform you, is to prepare you, is to make you more like Jesus. Look at what Jesus went through. But he kept loving us. He kept loving the people. We need to learn to practice quickly to forgive and love. Forgive and love. Forgive and love. No matter what they've done, no matter what they've said, forgive and love. So this is what I saw. This is what the Lord showed me. This is what I believe God wants us to see tonight. And it's a picture of an eagle. In fact, it was a mother eagle who was getting ready to give birth. She flies to the tallest tree or the highest mountain to build her nest for her egglets that she's going to give birth to. Away from danger, away from predators, away from harm. She goes around, she works hard, she gathers all these sticks and all these twigs and she takes it up to this highest mountain and she starts to build this nest. And then she goes and finds soft padding for the nest and she lines the nest and with leaves and soft grass and she makes it so soft and so comfortable so that when the baby comes, it will not be spiked, it will not be hurt, it will not be uncomfortable. She brings in all these shining objects, little toys for the baby egglets. And then finally the eggs are laid. Then for days and nights, she's sitting on the eggs, sitting there till they're ready to hatch. She's letting nothing take the eggs. She's sitting patiently waiting for the egglets. And then finally something starts to happen. There's movement. The hard outer shell begins to crack. And look, out comes these bald, scrawny, ugly, weak little egglets. And she sees them and she loves them unconditionally. <laughs> She sees all these things that they will do. She sees their potential and she has great plans for each one of them. And now she will do all she can to feed them, to comfort them, to protect them, to nurture them, to train them, to equip them, to grow into their full potential. And as the egglets start to grow, the mother egglet starts to remove the soft padding in the nest. She starts to pull out the cushions, the soft stuff. And the nest gets uncomfortable. Things are sticking into the egglets, right? Spiking them. 
It's not comfortable. It's hurting. And then she starts to remove their toys. What is she doing? She is trying to push the baby eglets out of the nest. Why? To make them independent, to make them strong. For it is to see it's capable. It, it needs to see that it's capable. She's teaching them to learn to defend themselves and fend for themselves. It's time to be mature and strong and majestic. She knows the eaglets have to learn to fly. But the eaglet is chicken, right? Forgetting it's an eagle. Forgetting it was born to be an eagle and soar above the storms and rule and be majestic. It's forgetting it. But the mother knows it's, it's called to fly above the storms. It's called to be majestic. So training starts. <laughs> One morning she takes the eaglets on her back, on her wings, out of its comfort zone, and it thinks it's going for a joy ride with Mama. It feels safe and secure on her wings and so excited because Mama has done this before and it's enjoyed it. But today, Mama flies higher and higher up into the clouds and the baby eaglet is so ecstatic, laughing, screams of delight fill the air. But then something happens. Mama flips the baby off her back. The baby eaglet is falling to the ground. The eaglet is screaming, not in delight, but in fear, in sheer terror. Panic grips its little heart. It's falling fast. It can see the collision, the disaster. It thinks I'm going to die. But then at the last second, just like that, Mama swoops down and catches the little baby eaglet onto her back and on her wings. And the baby eaglet sighs. It's safe again. It hugs Mama and is so thankful that Mama caught it and saved it and feels secure and protected again. So for a few weeks, everything is peaceful. Peace always comes before a storm, right? Then Mama takes baby Eglet for another ride. Eglet's on her back. Mama starts to fly higher and higher. Then she flips the baby off her back again and the baby starts to fall, screeching again, squawking again, screaming again, calling out, Mama, Mama, why do you do this to me? Mama, Mama, come on, Mama, I'm your child. Mama, don't you love me anymore? Mama, where are you? Mama, I'm going to die. Mama, help me. The egglet's falling fast. Destruction is just there. And Mama is watching egglet struggling under the fear of the moment feeling lost and hopeless and unaware, unable to save itself. Then just like that, Mama comes a second time and scoops him up on her back. And he's rejoicing because he's going to live another day. He hugging Mama, telling Mama he loves her. He's holding tight. Her Mama loves her chick too much. She loves her baby too much. She knows he has to learn to fly. He has to learn to fly above the storms. He has to learn how to, to get up there above the storms. He has to learn to ride the storms. For it to survive, she has to teach him. He has to learn that the storms are not there to defeat him. He has to learn that he has to beat those storms. That if he quits, if he doesn't get up and try 
again, he's going to come to a splat on the ground. So over the next few weeks, Mama and months, Mama will, will do this again and again and again. And finally, the little baby eglet will start flapping its wings. Flapping, not flapping, not much progress, but trying and trying harder to fly, to get above that storm, to not fall to the ground. And finally, it sees as it's flapping, it sees it's not falling to the ground. It sees it's starting to stay up and it's getting excited. And then it starts to flap harder and harder. And finally, he's going up, he's going up and he's so excited. And then he's screaming out, Mama, Mama, can you see me? Mama, look, Mama, look, Mama, I'm flying. And I can almost see Mama laughing. And so you think, what's this got to do with us? <laughs> Everything. It's like God has allowed us to be in that comfort place. He's allowed us to be little babies in that nest of protection and where everything is soft and where everything is easy and everything is good. But it's like God is moving away the cushions, moving away all that stuff that's been protecting us. And we're getting jabbed a little bit by God. He's getting us out of our comfort zone. He's trying to make us learn to fly above the storms. He's trying to make us see that we have been called, that we're anointed, that we're equipped, that we're able to cast demons out, that we're able to heal the sick, that we're able to have victory in our lives. He's trying to get us out of our comfort zone. And so it's like God takes us on his wings and he's taking us higher, right? Higher in him. And he's taking us on his wings. And then all of a sudden he will like flip us off his wings, right? And he stands back and watches us when the storm comes. He stands back and watches us when the attacks come. He stands back and watches us to see what we're going to do. And he's interceding for you. And he's praying for you. And he knows you're able. He knows you're more than able to be victorious. But in the beginning, we fall. And we don't think we can do it. And we don't think we can get any further. But God will come again and again and, and get us to walk a higher level. And storms will come, but he's, he's training us through these storms to grow. Through these storms, he's training us to grow. You only grow when you go through situations. You only grow when you go through storms. You only grow when you come through. You only have a testimony when you've come through the storm. And we overcome the enemy with the blood of the lamb and by the word of our testimony. We need to start getting testimonies. We start to need getting victory. We need to start learning how to fly above the storms and, and learn to duck when someone fires an, uh, an arrow at us and, and learn to let it slide off our back. We've got to start learning to duck and weave and, and turn and bend and stop taking everything that people are throwing at us and stop being hurt and stop being offended and stop being squashed by the things that are happening in life God is causing us to rise up we have been there long enough God says it's time to go on to maturity it's time to 
see who you are. It's time to see that you're meant to be flying like an eagle. It's time to see that you're meant to be seated with him in heavenly places. It's time to see that you are called to be victorious and that the dunamis power of God that rose Jesus from the dead is in you and you're able to have victory. But God is saying, don't allow the lies in. Don't allow the lies in. Don't allow the devil to put a trap out for you. Don't take his bait anymore. Don't take his bait anymore. Don't get offended. Don't get hurt. Forgive them. Start to see that you're a mighty man and woman of God. Don't believe the lies that you've heard that you'll never amount to anything. Don't believe the the garbage that people have said to you. Begin to rise up and see yourself as this mighty man and woman of God in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. 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 So God is raising up a generation. God is raising up a generation. Mighty men and women of God. He's getting us ready for battle. There's a battle coming. And see, when the shofar sounded, when the, when the watchmen stood on the wall, they, were, they would call out when the attacks were coming. They would call out, well, I'm calling out. Attacks are going to be coming. We need to rise up. We need to get ready now. We need to get strong in God now. We need to know who God is and we need to know who we are in God. We need to know who we are and we need to start walking as mighty men and women of God, knowing that no matter what comes at us, we're going to go through. We're putting our hand in God. We're trusting God. We're believing God. God will not leave us. You might fall. You might fall. But God is saying, come on. Come on, get up. Dust yourself off. Come on, dust yourself up. Get up. Come on, you can do it. You can make it. You can reach that goal. You can have victory. Come on, get up. (laughs) Hallelujah. You know, when we were little in God, everybody prayed for you. (laughs) Everybody prayed for me when I was young in God. Everybody would get words of knowledge for me. Everybody would get direction for me. And, and I was just like, they would do it all. I would do, not have to do anything. They would do it all. But one day God said to me, Anne-Marie, <laughs> Moses is dead. <laughs> God's saying, it's time for you, Anne-Marie, to push into me. It's time for you to stand and believe that I'm going to answer your prayer. It's time for you to come to me for a word. It's time for you to seek me. It's time for you to come into the Holy of Holies and sit with me. It's time for you to rise up. It's time for you to get mature, Anne-Marie. You cannot have people all the time doing everything for you. It's time for you to rise up. You know, I look at Joshua, you know, Joshua and Moses. (laughs) Oh, God always brings me back to Moses. And he does say to me, as I was with Moses, so I'll be with you. And he says that to us, as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. We've got to believe that. We've got to grab that and believe that, right? And so Joshua, like Moses would be in the temple. Moses would be praying. Moses would be repenting for the nation. Moses would be getting direction for God where they were to go. Moses would be seeking God for their food. Moses would be seeking God for their water. Moses would be there praying for their forgiveness. Moses was doing everything. And then when when Moses had finished, he'd walk out the temple, but here was Joshua (laughs) laying 
under the anointing of God that was still in the temple, <laughs> just laying there, soaking in the presence of God, lapping up the presence of God, loving the presence of God, being this baby, being nurtured, being grown. And then one day God comes up to Joshua and says, Joshua, Joshua, Moses is dead. Jo Joshua, Joshua, <laughs> Joshua, <laughs> you have mourned long enough. <laughs> you have mourned long enough. Get up now and lead this people into the promises of God. We are all called to rise up and lead somebody into the promises of God. We are all called. We are all called, not just Pastor John or Pastor Kerry or Rose. <laughs> We're all called to rise up and step out of our comfort zone and do what God wants us to do, say what God wants us to say and go where he wants us to go. I feel like God wants to do business with us. And you know, you know when, when the Lord came and Israel missed the visitation. Do you know the story in the Bible where Israel missed the visitation of the Lord's coming? Well, I know the Lord is speaking to his church. And I don't want God to move on away from this generation and take what he's trying to do through us to the next generation because we wouldn't listen and because we wouldn't notice his being here amongst us and that we wouldn't do what he says. Do you understand what I'm saying? I don't want God to go to the next generation and bypass us because we wouldn't be obedient, because we didn't, wouldn't do what God wants us to do. I want to be a part of what God wants to do in this hour, in this nation and the nations. Don't you? <laughs> I believe you're all here, not by accident tonight. I believe you're all here because you're hungry, hungry for God. Yes? And you want more. And you're sick and tired of being sick and tired of being where you were, right? <laughs> you want to go forward. So I feel like God has been speaking to us. Let God's light just shine into your heart, even right now. Let God's light start to shine into your heart. I believe he was putting a finger on something in our heart. I mean, I, was, I get convicted in church continually. Wow, man, continually. I will be the first to stand up and say there's, there's something in my life that God has to change. And I know offence is a big thing with a lot of us. We get offended so easily. But I feel like God wants to take all that away. He wants us to forgive and love them so that we can move forward. So I don't have to preach till nine o'clock because we started at what? <laughs> that used to be Friday nights, right? I'm looking at that clock thinking, wow, God, it's only like nearly seven o'clock. That means, <laughs> okay, it's just me having a moment. Okay, different hour. So God is talking to us and God is in our midst and, and God loves us too much to leave us the way that we are. He wants to take us on. And so you might be feeling some spikes. You might be feeling some uncomfortableness. You might be feeling hurt, right? 
but God is pushing you out of your comfort zone and he's allowing things to come so that you can be transformed and so you can see what needs to be dealt with in your life. So we're going to have the ministry team, um, or what do you call it, the worship team, play some worship, <laughs> whatever you're called. And just let the light of God shine in your heart. You know, you've been in that comfortable nest, but he's taking you out. He's pushing you out of that nest because he wants you to fly above the storms. There's a work for you to do. There's a work for all of us to do. So allow God just to shine his light. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.